All right, thanks for uh, joining in for another episode. We finally have a woman on. I have a few women that think somewhat highly of me. Not Heather, she doesn't like me. But <laughs> um, For any of you men who are listening to this on uh, the, the audio through Spotify or Amazon or um, Apple, and I understand why you are, these skinny white jeans and everything, you're probably going to want to get on my YouTube channel now um, and, and see why. We have, we have the, the gorgeous Heather Torrienti with us today, so. Very generous, thank you. Yeah, I'm not generous, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind, I'm honest. There you go. So, a little bit about Heather and I, you know, when did we meet? Three years ago? About three years ago, so. Yeah. You know, we, uh, oh, I can't. I think I messed with Heather's friend more, Christiane. So, you know, Heather, Heather and I became pretty good friends and have, have stayed good friends for a long time and have, mm-hmm. have both seen, um, you know, us go through different things. Um, well, a few things. Well, I'll talk more about some of my interactions with Heather and, and what she's meant to be a little bit later. But, you know, let's, let's start with you, Heather. Okay. You want to talk a little bit about your, your upbringing in your life? Sure, yeah. I grew up in a really small town, Preston, Idaho. Have you ever seen Napoleon Dynamite? That's it's a wonderful movie. <laughs> That's where I was born and bred, right there. Um, so I had amazing, wonderful, loving parents, um, but we definitely had our struggles growing up. I grew up in a house where my father was an alcoholic. Um, he's the most amazing man. Anyone who anyone who's ever met him will say he's the most amazing man, the greatest friend, and and he loves people. Um, but uh, he was an alcoholic growing up, and so um, my father was an alcoholic. Uh, my mom, she was an active member of the LDS Church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, for uh, most of my childhood. I think when I was very very young, um, she wasn't, but then she she went and back to the church and um, my sister I have an older sister she probably starting from from junior high uh, she, she became a drug addict and then I have a younger brother who also probably about that same age um, also started in with with drugs so that was kind of my uh, growing up environment um, I always felt incredibly loved um, and everything but I definitely in my home I took the position of the peacemaker um, I think my older sister was getting into so much trouble my younger brother was too and for me I think the way that I found my place um, was to be very kind to not you know not cause any ripples and um, I definitely didn't bring up anything that might cause strong emotions, whether it be good, bad, emotional, anything like that. I just felt like, okay, I just, I want to make sure when I'm here, everybody's happy. And so, yeah, that's what I, that's what I tried to do. I did well in school. I, I, I made good choices. I, I was a good kid. In fact, one time I had to ask my, my mom, I said, mom, I, I feel like I was such a good kid that I was respectful and I didn't talk back. And, and is that true? Did I make that up? <laughs> and she said, she said, no, no. She talks back you, now. 
<laughs> no, not true. Um, and she said, no, you really, you really were. And um, so I tried. I tried to be a, a, a really good, um, kind, peaceful, peaceful entity in my home. So, you know, and, and if you've watched my stuff, I'm in, in long-term recovery from drug addiction and certainly understand that. So we have dad who uh, has the best heart in the world. Mm -hmm. um, every addict I know has that right but is is struggling with some some issues and it created a situation where you mm -hmm. saw both of your siblings suffer yeah. and so at a young age you felt like it was your responsibility to ensure everyone's happiness yeah and also i felt like i um i didn't have a right to suffer okay. you know like that i you know, they were, everyone else was struggling in, in whatever ways, and so I would just be happy. I would just always, I would just, and I'm naturally happy. I'm very positive and very optimistic, Jeez. but, yeah. So at such a young age with all that focus on, on dad's struggles and, and your siblings and probably trying to, you know, help mom, did it cause some of your personal life to suffer as you put so much effort into everyone else's stuff? Well, yeah. Um, in fact, it's interesting because... Um, when I first graduated from high school, I left and went to college, and my parents had gotten divorced about that time. And it was so interesting because whenever I would come home, I would get sick, like sick to my stomach, and I couldn't figure out what was going on. And I realized later like that I hadn't dealt with any of these things. And so that was one thing. Physically, it actually affected me. Um, I think the other thing, too, is I, I didn't have a real example as far as like what does a healthy relationship look like um, how am I a healthy partner how do I find a healthy partner I I didn't know any of those things I just thought oh I'm just gonna make good choices and if I see someone else making good choices like it's gonna be easy okay well speaking of a, a partner yeah want to fast forward a little bit and talk about your marriage sure yeah, I got married when I was 21. Um, a lot of my friends were already married, and I was like, I will not get married before I'm 21. For you that are and not <laughs> from Utah, that's very normal. I was 25, and I'm like, I'm the old weird guy at yeah, parties. Yeah. I got to get married. Yeah, most of my friends were married, and I was like, but I'm not getting married before I'm 21. Now I'm still the old weird guy at the parties that's not married, so <laughs> nothing's changed. Um, so I turned 21 in July, and I got married in October, so I made it to 21. Okay. Um, and it's uh, a long courtship by our <laughs> LDS standards. Right. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, no, the courtship was a little longer than that. Not much, but um, no, I actually met my husband before he served a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We met at college and um, he went on his mission. And I, I lived my life, I tried to live my life for a very particular way because I wanted a different life than what I saw my parents live. Um, and I, like I say, I love my family, I love my siblings, I have wonderful, uh, wonderful memories, but I did want a different life and I wanted a different relationship with my spouse. And so I tried really hard to live a certain way that I thought, okay, this will ensure a, you know, healthy and a, and a happy marriage. And um, so yeah, we got married at 21. And we were both going to school, we were both working, we were both busy, then started having kids. And um, probably 
I'm trying to think the timeline. Um, when my first, I had him when I was 24, and when he was still very young, um, I found out that um, some things had happened in my marriage that I was unaware of that caused me some very severe betrayal trauma. Um, I did not have any idea how to deal with this. I had no coping skills. And beyond that, I was also completely surprised. I had no idea. Um, I thought our marriage was wonderful. I was so happy. In fact, I remember looking around other people thinking, oh, like we have a really great relationship and you know, we're doing this really well. And um, so I, I had no idea. Um, and for anyone who's, who's suffered any kind of betrayal trauma, you um, probably can feel a little twinge of what that feels like. But um, I just remember I went into the bathroom and I just sobbed on my probably not very clean toilet. I didn't even care. My face was just in it. And I sobbed and I sobbed and I sobbed and I sobbed. And I don't know how long I was in there. And finally, I just lost all of my energy and I just fell to the floor and I couldn't get off the floor. And then my husband um, at the time, um, you know, who had had just, you know, elicited this reaction from me, I had to allow him to kind of take me, pick me off the floor and, uh, and take me, me back. And so um, that was completely shocking and heartbreaking on a level that I had never understood before. Yeah. Well, obviously it affects me. Um, so, so eventually you get divorced, obviously. So how long were you married? So um, we were actually married just a couple months shy of 20 years. So we were married 19 years. So that was pretty early on in our marriage. Um, we, after that, we, we actually moved, uh, we moved away. We moved overseas. We lived overseas for about 10 years. And um, throughout that time, there were um, other moments of the same thing, this same betrayal trauma that kind of um, came back. And it was, it's really interesting because um, I've had a lot of people over the years say things like, oh, you know, if this ever happened to me or if this ever happened to me, like, that's it, like, I would be gone. And it was so interesting and I probably thought that before I got married as well. Um, but I found myself in a very different position when it was actually me. Uh, you know, I had married the love of my life, the one I wanted to be with forever. We had, we had our, our children together. And, um, and I do think too, um, as I just felt like, okay, I, I am a good forgiver. Um, I, I can forgive this and we can be happy. And the thing that I always thought was, okay, what can I do? What can I do? It was always like, what can I do? What can I do? Okay. Um, which at the time I really thought was 
and it's not a bad thing, but, but I kind of took all of that upon myself and just thought, okay, if I do enough, and if I do this, and if I do this, and if I change in this one, and I do this, and I do this, like, I can, I can save us. Mm-hmm. And um, it took me a long time before I realized that um, by myself, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, you know, pain and this level of pain, and, you know, we can look at, look at you know, during her father's struggles, I, I think there probably definitely was some abandonment that Heather experienced. For sure. Yeah, for sure. And then obviously there was, there was some severe betrayal. You know, I've, I've studied psychology long enough and, and been taught by, I've talked about my therapist who's just phenomenal that if I talk to someone for five, 10 minutes, I usually have a pretty accurate idea of the specific trauma because it's usually, it's usually very predictable. Well, in, in, in these two things, one thing that typically will happen with people is they get terrified that everyone's going to abandon them and everyone's going to betray them. And they can develop all sorts of mechanisms that the brain does to try and protect them. One of them is known as avoidant attachment. And I'll talk about that later on. But basically, you know, it's, it's an it's a issue with people and a lot of it can stem from when you're young as well at a young age. but when you start to feel real intimacy or you start to feel someone who you like, the more they like you, the more that triggers trauma within you. And you never really let anyone in. And you want to let them in, but because you haven't processed, you haven't went through the betrayal, you haven't went through the the abandonment, you know, you're still viewing those things in the scope of the young little Heather who had her father as an alcoholic or the Heather that was right in the trauma of there. If you see my story, you know, mine for you guys, if you've never seen any other episodes is, is an episode two through four. Pain hardened me for a long time. Just hardened me. And, you know, I was a, I was a victim and... Um, my coping mechanisms were not were not great, you know, and, and I can give myself some slack because in the end, they were the best that I knew how. And, and I, I really wasn't trying to hurt anyone, but my pain eventually has ended up softening me um, to a degree that I don't like sometimes. I always tell Heather I'm a tough guy and she disputes it. <laughs> and I tell him, I tell him, what do I tell you you should do more? Smile. Yeah. Oh, smile. Just smile more. Smile more. My daughter says the same thing. She's like, Dad, you look like you want to kill people. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. So, oh, you know, Jesus has made me nice. And, like, he has a way of doing that if you turn to him. But Heather's also made me nice. And, and I've resisted it like crazy. But she's she's let me know what she likes the sweet Kate. So, yes. I like the the sour patch sour <laughs> first first sour. i'm sour first and then i'm That's sweet, sweet. Mm-hmm. so but she's helped bring that out in me but i digress a little bit but heather shows no signs of avoidance um heather is a girl that when she gets into a relationship she's put her heart into every single one of them and you know Obviously, they haven't all worked out the way she would have hoped or Heather wouldn't be here single, but she'd be telling us all how to find our spouse. (laughs) But she's processed her trauma. 
right? Mm -hmm. She's processed that abandonment. That codependency that we've talked about, and, and Heather kind of describes it, you know, codependency in, in episode, I believe, eight, I talk about codependency, but it's the chronic neglect of self. And keep in mind, it's the chronic, right? It's you're chronically re uh, neglecting yourself in order to gain love, validation, and respect from another person. Well, being raised with an alcoholic father or being abandoned or these things creates severe codependency. And what Heather described at an early age was codependency, right? Like, it's my job to keep everyone happy. Yeah. And so normally in this situation, without a lot of work, Heather would still be codependent today, meaning she would place others' happiness above hers. She would gravitate to relationships where the person was struggling a lot more, and she would spend all her time trying to heal that person, and that would feel good to Heather because Heather couldn't have any time to think about herself. So just like an addiction, it would be numbing, but because Heather's whole focus would be on who she's dating, her family life, her children, her work would all suffer. Hence the addiction with codependency. Well, I, I understand this stuff very well, and Heather really shows no signs of either. You know, it's interesting about that too is uh, when all the whole codependency kind of started coming out, people were trying to understand what that was. It was so interesting because I thought I'm not codependent. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm strong. I'm independent. I'm, you know, I, I don't have low self-esteem. I like all of these things, and then I realized. That's not what that is. <laughs> um, right. But for me, too, like a lot of that healing for me came because um, one, I, I, I went to a lot of counseling, which was very, very helpful to me. Um, I didn't know the tools that I didn't have. Um, I think counseling is such a fantastic idea and I think there's a lot of people that think like, oh, I don't need that. And even um, like, you know, God-fearing people who who are like nope I just I just need God and he will heal me and, and I, trust me I believe in that and I believe in the atonement of Jesus Christ um, with all of my heart um, but I also believe that that he gives us these people that can help us and I just I didn't know how to help myself um, I was praying I was asking for help but so with that along with um, counseling I went to a lot of counseling and I really had to have some really good hard looks at myself. Um, in fact, when I went to one of my counselors, I went there and this was later in our marriage um, when uh, we were separated for about nine months and I was um, like 95% sure that I was, I, was, I was done, I was not doing this again. And I went to my counselor and I said, hey, I am not here to save my marriage. I am here because I want to feel strong again. I want to believe in myself again. I want to trust myself again. Um, and I don't want to be bitter. I don't want to be angry. I want to love my life no matter where I'm at. That's what I want. And she just looked at me and went, okay, <laughs> yes, let's do that. Someone who actually wants to get better. Yes, and so I did have to. Yeah, I did have to take some good hard looks too, because even though I may not have been doing certain things in, in my marriage, I I still had to own my part, and I definitely had a part in that. And um, so that was that was super healing for me. So you talk about therapy. Yeah. You you hit on God. Mm -hmm. How does that play into your? Oh everything it's it's really interesting i see so many people and hear a lot of stories and people who go through trauma 
I think there's some really distinct different paths that a lot of people take and some people when they go through hard trauma like this or other things too there's we've all been through trauma nobody lives this life trauma free um, nobody does but I feel like some people really go away from God maybe they blame him maybe they decide they don't believe in him or whatever did that for a long time yeah and some people turn to God um, and for me I turned toward God and I often think about that as why because I know so many wonderful amazing people that you know turned away and maybe they turned back and maybe they didn't you know but I often think about why did I choose that and I think so much of my childhood experiences um, played into that because I kind of was able to look and see oh that doesn't serve me if I choose this that doesn't serve me if I choose this and when I went to God I just felt peace um, it wasn't always the easy way but I loved the peace and that's what I wanted so um, I think those early experiences really helped me on that path um, and I'd seen enough um, examples and stuff in my life of how going the other way didn't serve um, and, and, and oftentimes took, took them to a very hard, much harder place. Well, what role did his son play in your healing? Everything. Um, when you go through something that's so traumatic, um, I would like to think that I'm strong enough and I'm brave enough and I'm capable enough on my own that I can forgive something that big and that I can find love through something like that. But um, the truth is, is I couldn't. I couldn't. And I had so many nights um, just praying, sobbing, you know, begging, begging for the peace that I knew I needed that would only come if I could forgive and in a real way. And that was the only way that I was able to do it because of the atonement of Jesus Christ. I. I am not big enough and strong enough and capable enough to do something that massive on my own. But with him, yeah. How does that feel? How did that feel, Heather, when you were able to forgive this stuff? It was everything. It was It was like a, a big exhale, you know. Um, it was a weight off of my shoulder. And honestly, it was a peace and a love and a happiness that I wouldn't have known without it when you're carrying around that inside and you don't let that go it affects everything about you it affects your outlook on life it affects how you treat other people it affects how you think about yourself it affects your health it affects all of those things drinking poison and expecting it to kill someone else yeah i've done a lot of that yeah yeah, and I just, I knew I did not want that. I, and like I said, I am positive by nature, but it meant so much to me, like so, so much to me that I was not going to live my life sad or bitter or, or angry because I, life is too short for that. Or, and, or a victim. Or a victim. Nope. Nope. Absolutely not. Yeah. So... You know, on, on, in terms of forgiveness, Heather, how have you been able to still 
forgive yet set healthy boundaries that have kept you in a safe situation with people? Um, okay, that's a good question. So I'm going to start with one story, and if I get distracted, bring me back. <laughs> Sometimes she gets distracted. I do get distracted. It's true. Go ahead. Um, so um, the, the short answer is love. Um, I'm going to say that for me. That was super helpful. Um, when I was getting divorced, it was right at the end, um, I can say that I did not love my ex-husband. I didn't, it was my husband at the time. And for some reason, okay, not for some reason, I think I know where it came from. I think Heavenly Father was, was letting me know this would be important to me. But for some reason, I just kept feeling I cannot leave this marriage unless I do it from a place of love and if I can love him. And that sounds like an odd thing, I think, maybe to a lot of people in that situation. And, um, but I remember praying so much and going to the temple and just saying, Heavenly Father, I need you to help me love him. I need you to help me love him because I can't leave if it's from a place of sadness and resentment and anger. I need to know that I have done everything I can and that I can move forward with a perfect peace and that I won't ever look back and think, I, I responded in a way that was not genuine to who I am. And I didn't also want to be that example to my kids. Um, and I wanted that rock out of my heart. I wanted, I wanted that out. So it was very important to me. And that's another just testament of the power of the atonement. Because I can honestly say that before we got divorced, I loved him. Not in a way that our marriage was going to work because it didn't change some of the circumstances, right? Um, and I couldn't pray away his agency as much as sometimes I wanted to. That was a huge lesson that I learned. You cannot pray away someone's agency. Even if you, it's for a good purpose, you can't do it. You can't do it. And to do it is very selfish in and of itself, right? And that would mean that someone else could try and pray away mine. And I don't want that. But, um, but I was able to leave that from an absolute place of love. And because of that, I am not kidding you, Cade. Through the entire process of getting divorced, I had peace. I just had peace that's, that's beautiful that's the peace that only the Prince of Peace Jesus Christ offers mm -hmm. you know and I've, I've talked about this thing and, and Heather and I's stories obviously that the center of it is Jesus Christ and uh, you know I've we're sharing our truth and mm -hmm. again the object here is not to tell you to heal exactly how we've healed right I, I talk about many alternative ways to heal and I think there are all different sorts that can be used in conjunction and you know our, our way may not work for your way but I think Heather feels the same you know we're gonna own our truth and if we do not share the single biggest tool that we believe will help mankind mm -hmm. which is the Lord Jesus Christ we'd be doing you a great disservice. So I love how you illustrated, you know, 
when we forgive, right, there's a tendency to think part of forgiveness is letting people that are exhibiting toxic behaviors back in close to us, right? Yeah. And understanding that, you know, trust is interesting. You, you can't make yourself trust someone. You just can't, right? You can forgive someone and be like, man, I just, I want to trust you. But it, it's a subconscious thing that happens. And it only happens through consistent behavior over an extended period of time. Mm -hmm. Especially if you've been betrayed. If someone consistently shows this behavior and time runs its course, eventually we will start to trust them again. But... Part of loving them and part forgiving is, you know, forgiving the action, but still protecting ourselves and, and whatever that needs to be where that person is in our life is, is actually being kind to them, yeah. right? And yourself. Yeah. If, if, if someone's exhibiting such toxic behavior in your life that's causing you to maybe even sever ties or not talk to them, chances are they're probably exhibiting that behavior with most relationships. Mm -hmm. And that's where it gets hard with boundaries, but... By putting those boundaries in place and yep. by, you know, doing the divorce and doing that, it's a way of saying, hey, you know, this this, this probably is not going to make you the most happy. So yep. it's a hard lesson to learn. But Yeah, hard lesson to learn. In fact, it's interesting, um, like at the very end, right before I got divorced, my family... My family's always been so supportive. They are the best. Um, no matter what happened between my husband and I, wherever we were, they were like... Heather, where are you? Because whatever you do, we're going to love and accept your decision and we're not going to treat you different. We won't treat your husband different. Like, what do you need from us? So they were so wonderful and that, that was helpful for me too. But an interesting thing was at the very, very end, um, my actually in two different conversations, so it wasn't even the same conversation, I was talking to my mom and I was talking to my sister. And this is probably one of the biggest things that hit me that really opened my eyes. Um, as I was talking to them and they said, you know, whatever you want to do here, we will support you. We love you. You know that. And, and again, these are two different conversations. They almost said exactly the same thing. They said, you know what I've noticed in you is that I don't see your sparkle anymore. That made me the saddest more than anything else I think it could have said to me. I don't see your sparkle because I've always been so positive. I've always been able to just bounce back and I've always been able to be like, okay, yep, we forgive, we're on, and I would, and I would just be happy. And um, so when they said that to me, I just cried, just cried because I'm like, it's true. And I'm not fooling myself anymore. <laughs> I'm definitely not anybody else, um, but I couldn't make myself. And... Um, they both said, maybe it's been enough. We'll support you whatever you need, but maybe it's been enough. And never ever have they given me any advice before as far as like, you should stay, you should go. It's just like, what are you going to do? We'll support you. And um, so that was kind of like a really big eye-opening moment too. Not only just at where I was and that I knew that divorce was where I needed to go, but also that I... I needed some healing. Like I, I was in a place that I didn't realize I had gotten to. Oh, it looks like she got her sparkle back and then <laughs> some. So obviously she's done something right. Mm. <coughs> Heather is a single mother, you know, and your ex is out of the country, right? Uh -huh. yep. And so she's 
she's a single mother with three kids, two of which are out of high school, correct? And yeah. one is. Yeah. How do you how do you how do you do that? Well, um, you know, <laughs> the truth is I don't really do it alone. Um, and one thing I will say, I do want to say this. Um, I have so much respect for my ex. He is a wonderful man. He really, really is. He, he adores his kids. They adore him. Um, and I have no bad feelings. None at all. Like, none at all. In fact, I really respect that we can co-parent really well. Um, but yeah, he's, he's out of country. And so essentially, I've been mostly you know, have the, the kids on my own. And um, it's been a double-edged sword. Part of it is nice because I don't have to think about schedules and every other weekend and that kind of stuff. And, and we do work really well together. So when he comes back, it's like, oh, you're coming back these days. Okay, you want the kids? Great. Like, yeah, that works for me. And, and we're able to do that really well. But, um, but it also means... Um, for the most part, I'm here with no backup, and that's kind of single anyways, but being single anyways, but um, I've found my backup in other places, you know? Um, I've had a lot of wards where I've had really good ministering brothers. I've had really good friends. I've had amazing family support, and my family's far away, but sometimes all I need is just, you know, that you can do it. You're doing a great job. And sometimes I feel like, yes, I'm doing a great job. And sometimes I'm like, I fail. <laughs> I fail at parenting. Today I fell. And then I just try to do better. But it's not easy. But I do feel like Heavenly Father is so generous that if I stay close to Him, He finds all of these wonderful ways to help make up the difference. And that's been beautiful to experience. I've met all three of your children and have a, a pretty close relationship with two of them and I would say you're doing an incredible job. I know Heather's children adore her and you know I can I can certainly see why so keep it up. Thank you. You know uh, as I hear her talk you know and I, I'm in a similar situation you know in my marriage I, I was more the problem you know and um you know when i grew up and changed things got easier but just like heather I, I you know i see a lot of divorces where people use the kids as collateral damage to um you know get at each other and you know i'm not here to make a judgment call because i'm not in those situations but i work with kids and i see the absolute damage that does and so it's it's really neat to see where there's been so many issues within marriage but at some point both parties can just say hey you know my guess is we probably wouldn't talk much if you know we didn't have these little people that unite us <laughs> at some point we'd probably be good with each other but they require us to have a relationship the rest of this life and we're going to put things behind we're going to swallow our egos and our pride and we're going to try to unitedly you know, fill that gap that was created when we separated and raised them in the best way possible. Yeah, and I think as you're saying that, that was, I really think, one of the reasons why I, and I didn't know it at the time, but why when I felt like I had to leave from a place of love, I think that has helped so much in our being able to really co-parent well 
and the kids I know that our kids really appreciate that yeah well that's that's awesome being a single dad of two little ones and a 13 year old girl um, yeah I, I can't say anything right <laughs> I, you know at this point I usually just come in and I, I talk about my day my problems and that sometimes interests her but <laughs> Heather has, has helped me a couple times and, and my 13 year old is 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 she's she's absolutely wonderful and she's a they're great. amazingly intuitive when we listen it's, it's, yeah, too much so yeah. like you're 13 you're not 40 quit mm -hmm. acting you're smarter than some and of the yet people they'll I say know. something and you'll be like pick oh, up everything yeah. so you know a, a couple things with with heather and i you know i think one time she said kate when you talk i don't know if i'm being hugged or punched <laughs> I tried to do. I, I tried to do more hugging. Oh, good. <laughs> a little bit of punching. Um, we were at a thing a while back, giving Top Gun names. What was your name? I no, I missed. Her name the is end probably. The, her name is probably the Destroyer. <laughs> no. Yeah, it was something bad. No, it was not. I was there at the end of that, so I didn't. I didn't get one. Well, mine was Trigger. Something. Yeah. I tend to have a natural gift of triggering people whether I want to or not. So, Heather is special to me. Um, you know, uh, year, a couple years ago I had this association, and uh, you know, I think the person with which I was involved was, for the most part, well intentioned, but I was I was caught up in a situation where I wasn't able to see exactly what was going on and. I'm not always the easiest person to approach. Um, I, I do not know how to mask my emotions to save my life. You don't have to be an empath to read me, I promise you. <laughs> I'll tell you how I feel, but you know, when I, when I go out, I've, I've got what I've been told is the best RBF, that, male RBF that's ever existed, <laughs> hence I should smile more. Uh -huh. But one night I was struggling, and I would went over to this western or this dance place that uh, we were at, and you know what, the risk of probably offending me, and at this point Heather and I weren't nearly as close as we are now, she asked me if she could talk to me, and I won't go too much into the situation because it, it involves others, but um, it's what friends do, right? She, she helped me see what was happening, and um, it was a big catalyst for me to change and, and kind of, you know, remove myself from a situation that really in the end threatened to destroy about everything I'd built so and she's done that a few times so I appreciate that very much well that works both ways to me for real friends they tell you what you need to hear so mm -hmm. Heather's also written two uh, number one hits on the billboard top charts <laughs> one is called the man cold the second is about leptospirosis I you know I got to be careful with the man cold because of COVID and I, I'm not gonna go one way or the other on COVID that's not the purpose of this but I do believe in the severity of the man cold um, <laughs> do we need to explain a little more well, about that song? well women do go through morning sickness labor and childbirth so they have a small idea what maybe it's like I to be should, a man and, and have a cold talk about the rest of us I, I, I <laughs> we just lost so many good men I just it's just it's hard for me to talk about you know and, and then the victim shaming is horrible 
because you know women well, will, women will cost babies. Poor me. Like I thought, Cade was just on his death. I was. I, I was. Mean, I was on my deathbed. I had a man cold. I had. You don't understand. Like my throat hurt. There, yeah, there were certain things I, that you wouldn't understand. You know, and and you know, as a, bless your heart as a woman, don't try to show empathy when men have colds because you have no idea what they're like. Anyway, we're digressing. But Heather wrote a beautiful song. <laughs> She's not going to play it tonight. She is going to play two beautiful songs. But I'll link. Can I link those in my description? Sure, yeah. At some point, we should probably play those songs. Yeah. I think, I think people should hear those. Yeah, too. she won't. One about my man called another of, uh, you know, an episode, I believe it's, I think it's seven with Ryan Brinkerhoff. I talk about a deadly yeah. bacteria I got called leptospirosis. That song is very touching to me, actually, because that, that was a hard time. So... Um, like I said, in a minute here, Heather's going to play two songs, and we'll talk in just a second about her musical career. But before we do that, let's let's go into dating. Heather, you're single, correct? Yep. Yeah, it's not for not for long. <laughs> You've been single how long? Um, okay, this is the question that I'm always like. I think four years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of good when you realize that, you know, you're kind of yeah. healing. Like I just yeah. hit six years of being divorced and it's the second year in a row. I haven't even re remembered it was yeah. the day. And it's, I know I have to think back and go, wait, when, what was the year? What was the, yeah. To me, it, it, it's, you know, kind of healing and processing that. And then like, mm -hmm. this is just kind of life now. But as, yeah. as you started to date Heather, Heather's uh, one of the, not only one of the most beautiful, talented women I know, Aww. but, but she truly is one of the healthiest women I know. And, uh, you know, I, I, I look to Heather as someone in my very small circle that I can, I have a hard time with being vulnerable <laughs> um, about my present trials. And I don't share my present stuff with people uh, that are probably struggling more than I am because that's called trauma bonding. But Heather is someone that is definitely at a place where she can uh, help me. And, and, and help me with my things. So as you have got to where you are, what have you done, Heather, to get yourself to what you believe will attract the man you want? Um, well, it all starts with me. Um, I know a lot of people have like lists, 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 and I'm not saying those are bad, but I just um, have done so many things to make sure that I'm the partner that I wanna be. So, um, We've already talked about, I've done a lot of therapy. I read a lot of books. Um, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, Have you heard of Getting Your Life Back with Kate Cooper? I, I was going to look it's into phenomenal. that. This guy, oh he's, he's not only heard. incredibly handsome, but he's amazing. <laughs> I just, I want to meet him. I'm going to look into if you, that. If you could set me up to meet him. Doesn't he have yeah. a YouTube channel that Something. you can subscribe yeah. to? Yeah. Anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that that's that's one way too. No, I so yeah, I've listened to a lot of uh, a lot of books, a lot of um, podcasts. Um, I am constantly. Th this is something that I've really had to dig deep because I come from a family of people who don't like to be wrong, <laughs> and maybe some of you can relate. And so I've really had to step out of that space and go, wait, why? Have I thought that I can't be wrong? Why have I thought that this can't be something on me? And so one thing that I'm, I'm always doing, regardless of anyone else's actions, is I'm always looking at me going, what is my place in this? Did I show up the way that I really want to? Could I have shown up different? So I'm constantly self-evaluating with a very open, bare, 
<laughs> viewpoint. And that's hard to do because sometimes we don't want to look at the ugly things about us that maybe are the things that we struggle to, to change and we want to defend and we want to do those things. That's another thing I've really, um, and counseling helped me with this too, is step back and go, okay, if I'm taking a defensive stance, there's a reason and this is my issue. Like I need to figure out what that is. So I do a lot of self-reflection. Um, the other things that I do that keep me really healthy is I really, really, really try to stay very close to the spirit. Um, I, I try to pray. I, I pray often. Um, I, I love attending the temple. That is something that has brought me strength, peace, uh, more than I can, can say. Um, sorry. Good. No, you're good. Okay. <laughs> so um, the temple, that's helped me a ton. That's been a strength to me throughout all of the, the times of life. Um, I have found good, supportive, healthy friends. And kind of like you said, friends who, who are not afraid to tell me truth. And I really respect and listen to them. The other thing I do is I, I really listen to feedback from my family as well. Uh, one thing I've really learned is, and I've known this along, but it's become more paramount, I think, through dating, is that the people that love you, your really close friends, your family, they want you to be happy. So if you're in a situation, and we're talking about dating, so if you're in a dating relationship, and they're going, hey, hey, like, wait, no, no, like, this isn't good. Um, I think a lot of our first reaction is to be like, I, I don't want to hear that. Like, you, this is your problem. This is the person that I like, so this is your issue. But I think, uh, for me at least, and I think for most people, a much healthier way is to say, hey, why are the people that care about me the most, that want my happiness just as much as I do, and that want to cheer me on, uh, why are they having concerns? You know, So I'm very open to that as well. Uh, and not that I allow my friends and family to make my decisions, I don't, but I value their insight so that I can have a more whole view of what what I really need to look at. I love, I love that. So, you know, becoming what you want mm -hmm. is, how Absolutely. You, is how you find the person. That's the perfect way to say it, yes. Well, on that note, what do you want in a man? Man, <laughs> honestly, I know it's going to be a very long, long list. <laughs> okay, so just before you start, we don't read minds, and so uh -huh. you don't just have because, to. Because well, I, I'm I, clear. I actually, I love clarity. I do read minds, but most guys don't. So just because what am I they're thinking right now, I can't say this is a <laughs> this is a child friendly thing, Heather. By the way, just lock it up. Um, what do you want, man? So I have found that through my years of experience, um, I look at different things as really important. Uh, at the very top of my list is I, I really value what I believe. I value Jesus Christ and I want to be with someone who really values Jesus Christ as well. Um, of their own, nothing to do with me just because they love and value Him as well. Uh, that is you know, the top of, of my list. The other thing is I really look for someone who is really good at managing conflict. And that doesn't sound sexy, <laughs> but it is sexy when you find a guy who is very good at managing conflict. Because the truth is when you date 
And especially in this situation where not only are you dating older in life, but you've got kids, you've got all of this other stuff, right? There's going to be a lot of conflict. And that doesn't mean it's fight or that it's negative, but there's going to be a lot of things that you have to manage. And so um, that is really important to me. Someone who's not afraid to enter into the conflict together and say, okay, this is what we've got. How do we manage it? And it's interesting. I was listening to a podcast on this exact thing and he was saying, if you don't know how someone manages conflict, there's you. it's really risky because what if you end up getting married and the way they manage it is they don't, mm -hmm. they won't engage and you can't have Flight. a relationship. Flight. Yep. Or what if they're super aggressive? Fight. Uh-huh. What if they, what if they totally check out? What if they, I mean, you know, whatever, like all of these things and, and then suddenly you don't have a partner, you know? So I, I want a partner. That's, that's what I'm looking for. I want a partner. I want to be their partner. I want them to be my partner. I want it to be a partnership. And, and so much of that comes from being able to manage your, your day-to-day -day life things. Um, that's super important to me. You know, there's other things that, that, that I would love that are nice too. It's, it's always great when you have a lot of similar interests. Do you want to be um, attracted to them? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think every, and attraction it's is an interesting so thing. Attraction is an interesting thing because it doesn't have to be like, you know, this like model attraction, but there has to be a chemistry and an attraction. And sometimes that comes because of the way that you communicate together and sometimes it's the way like it attraction is very different for on different levels but yeah absolutely there has to be some attraction um for sure you know it, it, I've, I've had experiences where i've known different gals and you know thought they were attractive and then after three or four times of getting to know them it's like yeah it's you, not enough you are the sex well in this case it's well if i if i gel with them i can get to know them all mm -hmm. of a sudden it's like not only do I think they're attractive, but it's like, how did I miss how sexy? Yes, it, when that were. happens, it becomes more. And, Absolutely. And, you know, everyone else kind of, kind of fades yep. away. So, yep. so we have, you know, some of the things. Anything else that sticks up? Of course, your faith is paramount. As Heather talks Absolutely. about her faith, for you guys that aren't familiar, we share the same faith, uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's it you, it's incorrectly referred to as Mormon, um, but that's that's the name of the church. The temple that she's talking about is a place that we believe families can be sealed to their parents forever, and that we can be married forever. And for the life of me, I don't believe God gave us these wonderful, beautiful relationships to have, and then in the next life to say they're obsolete or your brother and sister. No. I think the whole thing is a perpetuation, a continuation of family. So if you want to find out more about our, leash, our beliefs, you can look at our you know, church's official website. If you want to find out stuff that's not true about us, you can look in sources that, you know, just like anything else, aren't true. But it's the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints.org, and that mm -hmm. explains a lot of stuff that we believe. So, so, you know, with that, anything else with... Man, what about honesty? Oh, honesty. That's that's also up there. It's probably top three. Yep. Yeah. It's hard to, you can't, they're all number one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, honesty is huge. Transparency, absolutely. Trust. I, I've learned, and I'll go into this, you know, in, in the, the next few episodes I will do will be directly on um, deception. 
and dating and different things like that. But I've learned that, you know, and, and for men it's important too, but to make a woman feel safe is one of the best gifts you can give her. And part of that is honesty. Yeah. And it's interesting too because so many people try to maybe mask either who they are or whatever. And at the end of the day, if you want to truly love someone and them truly love you, you have to show up as who you are. Yep. Like you have to be transparent, you have to be honest. Otherwise you'll always be feeling, oh, they don't love me for me, but how can they if you don't show them who you really are? Behavior, you know, it changes, but it rarely. Most of the time behavior doesn't change, but do you know what changes is the tolerance of behavior, okay? When we're in the little honeymoon stage and we got all the concoctions and the dopamine and oxytocin and everything going through our brains and they're doing this thing, we're like, oh, it's kind of a big deal, but hey, this passion is fantastic and everything's so good, I'm gonna overlook that. Well, three years into the marriage when you lose a child or you lose a job or something catastrophic happens, uh, those things that you overlooked, they become a big issue. Yeah. And for me, it's the same. The two things that throw me the quickest are anger and dishonesty. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Anger, dishonesty, and, and along with dishonesty is loyalty, right? Yeah. They're synonymous there. So, well, men, the bar's been set. So, <laughs> if you hurt this woman, I'll kill you. <laughs> You think I'm joking? Um, Heather has done something really exciting that we'll delve into now, uh, a music career. You wanna talk to us about that? Yeah, sure. So, um, career's a big word. Um, career. Career, hobby career. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, this is something that kind of just came on me, I guess, and I wasn't searching for it. So I'm, I love music. Music touches me in such a deep way. Uh, music is my language. It's, it speaks to me. It's the way I speak to others. Um, I've always, it's always really meant a lot to me. And it's, I, when I graduated from college, I kind of started dabbling in playing guitar a bit and I've always loved to sing. And that's just kind of been on the back burner, you know, for all of the years I was was married um, and then after I got divorced I started just being flooded with songs and I just started writing all of these songs and for me it was this way of healing it was a way of managing my emotions in a healthy way because you have to walk through your emotions and anyone thinks that if they think they can avoid that and tuck it there and think oh Time is just going to heal that. It's just not true. You have to walk through the emotions. And so this was a really healthy way for me to manage the emotions and to make sure that I was feeling them, but in a productive way, in a way that served me and didn't, you know, hurt me. And so I started writing all of these songs. And one night I was... Um, well, actually, rewind a little bit. And there were even like a few times, very in particular, I was sleeping, you know, in bed. I'm like, that's how she sleeps. <laughs> like this. <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen it literally every time. I'm like, oh, Heather's sleeping again. She just, yeah, right. and it happens that quick. She's like, awake. Anyway, narcolepsy, serious. We'll talk true. about that another time. Not true. But <laughs> so I was sleeping. Um, <laughs> and, um, and all of a sudden, I just felt like 
Heather, just the spirit was like, Heather, I have a song for you. And I was like, okay. And so I woke up and just started like, you know, writing a song. So this had happened a few times to me. And so anyways, one night, fast forward a little farther forward. One night I was praying and I was praying about everything but not music. I was especially, I was trying to find my path and I was really, really praying about you know, trying to find my husband, like, how can I be ready so that I can find him? Um, what do I need to do? How can I, you know, all of these things. And I was really, really um, praying hard about these things. And I got up and I laid down in bed and all of a sudden I just had this very overwhelming thought, you need to do a concert. And I was like, what? <laughs> Wait, I was not praying about that. And then it just kept coming back. You need to do, you need to do a concert. You need to do a concert. And it was so shocking to me because I'd never done anything like that. I mean, I was in choir and, you know, I sang at church and stuff growing up, but um, I'd never done anything like this and definitely not something that lays me so very vulnerable because the songs that I write are incredibly vulnerable. Um, they're in heartbreak they're in you know agony they're in what i deeply want some sometimes it's like this beautiful kind of you know openness too, like love that i'm looking for or whatever but it it opens me very very bare and leaves you very vulnerable and so i just sat there and i thought about it and the next day i actually called two of my really good friends and i said okay I am thinking about doing this. What do you guys think? And it was so amazing. Um, I definitely have no doubts that they were put in my life for a reason, but they both were just like, yes, you need to do that. And um, I remember praying and saying, okay, Heavenly Father, if this music is just for me, it's enough. It's enough because it has healed my soul. It has brought me back to life and it has awakened me in a way that I hadn't been for a lot of years and Heavenly Father was so sweet and said it is for you but it's not just for you and that has really stuck with me and it has really um, changed a little bit about the way that I want to use my music, I guess. Um, and so I felt like, okay, this is what Heavenly Father wants me to do, so I'm going to do it. And it's so incredible because because of that, because of that one, you know, prompting and that, that thought from Heavenly Father that I should do that concert, there has been a snowball effect. I have, I have met people. I have you know, I've, I'm now like recording some songs. I've been able to, um, you know, do some more, more performances. And I've had, and this is what really matters, is that I have had the opportunity after some of these moments, people come up to me and say, you know what? That is exactly how I have felt. And I didn't know that anybody else had felt that before. Or, you know... I hadn't, I felt seen when I haven't felt seen before. And um, that is, that to me, it means more than anything uh, to know that 
if that has some effect on someone and, and it has an effect on me and like I said if that was the only reason that's enough but if anything that I have to say through my music is touching or means something to you to, to anyone else that 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 fulfills me in a way that I cannot quite express how do you find how do you how do you find Heather's music how do you find when um, she plays when so she does events my my performing name is Heather Bieri, B-I-E-R-I. I don't know why I'm spelling it with my finger. Um, so and she sleeps. <laughs> well, I'm sleeping. I like that. So um, I have a website, bieriemusic.com. Um, you can find me on Spotify. Same thing, just look up Bieri Music or Heather Bieri, uh, B-I-E-R-I. Um, Spotify, iTunes, um, Amazon Music. I'm... I don't know what else. I'm. I think I'm on Pandora, maybe too. She's plugged in. <laughs> plugged in, yeah. So you can, you know, Instagram, Bieri Music. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, we're gonna have her play a couple songs for you. Heather writes all her music, and yep. she's chosen to. She wants to play. So the first one is with the guitar, correct? Either one, sure. Yeah, we'll do that one, and then okay. we're gonna we're gonna try to not disconnect our audio and attempt to move this after because the second one is this a piano what's it called <laughs> it's a keyboard it's a piano she thinks it's a it's <laughs> piano anyway it's a keyboard but it's like a i mean it's essentially a plugged in piano why don't you sit okay i think i do need to come over here because yep. my guitar wants to sit the other way oh they're finally kate's out of the picture you can just look at heather <laughs> you'll hear him once in a while probably over there um so this song is Actually, it's a song I wrote when I had some friends who I met actually through uh, doing that concert that I talked about. Uh, they were, I was going on vacation and they said, hey, send us a message in a bottle. And um, it just got me thinking though, if I actually was to send someone a message in a bottle, what would I want to say? And then I just thought, what, would I, what do I want to say to the people I love, the people I care the most about, and even to to people that maybe I don't know, but what would what would mean something to to people to hear? And so this song is called "Always Remember." I initially called it "Message in a Bottle," but <laughs> it's called "Always Remember." So whether whether I am someone that you know or not, um, I'm singing this song to you. may never know all that you've been through I've never walked in your shoes Maybe you feel you've no one to run to But believe me when I say that you do And if ever you've been feeling Like you really don't have a home Or if you find yourself believing You'll be living this life on your own Always remember Always remember Someone misses you when you're not there Sees you when you don't feel seen Someone cares for you exactly as you are 
navigate this second okay. one all right kate is gonna move all of the furniture now because i'm so strong yep you gotta <laughs> use those muscles for something kate uh, okay mm -mm. we'll cross our wires i know it's like a delicate like untangling here okay okay so we need that forward so um, while he's doing that, do, actually, do you need me? Probably. <laughs> well, That's all right. We'll get that. There we go. Okay. Um, okay. So I'm going to sneak back this I'm way. I'm going to disappear again. Don't okay. worry. I'm still here. Okay. All right. Let me put this up again. Oh. 
So I'm going to have to run over the other side. I don't think I can fit this way. Okay. Maybe. Okay. Why don't you say something really awesome over You're there, Kate? You're good. So, <laughs> you know, one, one thing go. I'm... Oh, oh, you're probably, no, it's probably good I didn't say what I was going to say. <laughs> okay. Don't ever say, why don't you say something really awesome, Kate, or be prepared with what's going to come out. So Just be ready that anything can yeah, happen. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this, um, this song actually is very soon to be released. It's not quite out yet, but it will be soon. Um, it's called Tears Aren't Wasted, and I wrote this song just feeling like I've been through a lot and we go through a lot of hard things and it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to end for a bad thing we can we get to learn so much from these things and we can use them to make us better and so that's kind of what this song is about it's using those tears and not wasting them but letting them serve us being better because of the things that we've gone through I can't get back the endless nights I spent crying over you. I can't rewind all the time when my heart was split in two. But I'll make sure these tears aren't wasted. Use all of that salt to heal my wounds. And I'll take all those healing waters to wash off this mess you've drugged me through No, I won't waste a single tear I'll rise up better for being here And I'll make sure these tears aren't wasted mm -hmm. I can't relive the past that's gone or change what I've been through but I can forgive and I can live the life that I'm meant to and I'll make sure these tears aren't wasted use all of that salt to heal my wounds and I'll take all those healing waters to wash off this mess you drug me through. No, I won't waste a single tear. I'll rise up better for being here. And I'll make sure these tears aren't wasted. And I know others have been there too. And we can carry each other through and make sure these tears aren't wasted yeah I'll make sure these tears aren't wasted use all of that salt to heal my wounds and I'll take all those healing waters to wash up this mess that you've dragged me through 
No, I won't waste a single tear. I'll rise up better for being here. And I'll make sure these tears aren't wasted. I'll make sure these tears aren't wasted. Mm -hmm. Let's just have you stay there. Okay. Um, you know, you know I, I realized that was beautiful, by the way. Thank you. I, I've, I've heard um, a lot of Heather's songs. Um, and uh, check her out. Share, share her music. You know, I think it'll, it'll resonate with a lot of people. So um, I also realized that thus far, other than my story, I've been recording on the, the front camera of iPhone. So my video quality has, has not been as good. So um, now, you know, this is not my strength. I'm learning as I'm going. So we're recording from the back camera. So I hope I'm in the picture. But if I'm not, it's fine because you've got Heather here. So... <laughs> If this is the first time you've seen my stuff, um, you know, the, my intro is why I'm doing what I'm doing. And uh, in essence, God has asked me to do this. And there's just no other way to put it. And what I'm trying to do is take all the stuff I've learned through 10 years of horrible decisions, good decisions, multiple rehabs, a lot of failures, a lot of successes, being tutored by one of the best therapists in the United States, spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on the human body, and in the process meeting so many wonderful people, and ultimately, literally getting to know my Heavenly Father and His Savior as well as I know anyone else. And to take all this and try and share it with people in hopes that you don't have to suffer as much as I did in obtaining this. And, you know, I've, I've, I've said, look, not everyone heals my way. My story's in two through four. And so a part of this is I wanted to bring remarkable people on like Heather Torriente and to hear her story and to hear how she heals, you know. And I'll tell you, I've got a lineup of people. And uh, it is uncanny how God is putting people in my place. And it's also uncanny how he removes people out of my place that uh, maybe aren't quite to the place where they should share on here. But my goal is not to get you to think like I do or to think like Heather. I'm not trying to say I have all the answers and I know exactly how to. I'm wrong a lot of the time. I'm just throwing out what worked for me. And then I'm bringing on other wonderful people and they're going to tell you what worked for them. And some of the people won't believe in God. And some of the people will think drastically differently. I, I really do not care. I think there's multiple ways to heal. My hope is through this, you can pick some ways uh, and pick some different things and utilize them and implement them in your life. And you can get some of the results that we've had. And, Look, if you don't like my stuff or the stuff I do, I, I completely understand. If you hate it, that's fine. I still hope you find what works for you. As I talk with people and ask them how they're doing, a common answer is, oh, I'm hanging in there. 
I'm like, why are you just hanging in there? Mm -hmm. For years, my answer was a lot worse than I'm hanging in there. It was very <laughs> colorful and expletive, but then it shifted. Today, I'm living. I'm living, and I'm, in, I'm, I'm enjoying the climb. So, in the next couple episodes, um, I, I do individual content as well on relevant issues. Um, the last two I did were on boundaries and codependency. This next stuff is where things are going to get interesting, but... I'm going to say how I feel and don't apologize for it. And if it ruffles feathers, so be it. The next episode will be the myth of friends with benefits. And then after that will be, you're not a stud. You're manipulating her trauma for your gratification. So you can probably have an idea, at least to an extent, where I'll go from there. So it'll be fun. Grateful you came on today, Heather. Thank you. You know, Heather was the first girl I've... I've <laughs> brought on and when I, I talked to her about this um she she helped me believe in it and uh it's 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 taken on a life of its own so I'm, I'm grateful to have her today like I said check her music out um there's nothing in Heather and I's relationship that makes my life harder nothing Ever. I don't think we've ever had a disagreement. I don't think, I think I've... I mean, we've I, like... I, well, I, yeah, I, I've, but, I've poked yeah. the bear a little bit, but you we've know, that's... We've called each other out a few times, that, but that's, in a good way. That's my love yeah. language, right? Yeah. I like to give... She can be a little peppy, little spitfire <laughs> sometimes, so, you know. I'm grateful for her, grateful that you guys, you know, check this episode out. If you like my content, if it resonates with you, if you know people that it will help. Um, I primarily, the way I broadcast is through my YouTube channel, Getting Without a G, Getting Your Life Back with Cade Cooper. Um, if you want to subscribe and be notified as I unleash uh, future content, you need a YouTube account, and then you go into settings and you click Enable Notifications. Um, I also, as I mentioned earlier, the downside is you don't get to see how beautiful Heather is. I, I guarantee that we're going to have a bunch of audio streams shift to a YouTube stream. <laughs> um, you know, which which will be good, but I do stream this into audio through Spotify, Amazon, and Apple as well. So, thank you for checking in, or tuning in tonight. Grateful to be here, and you know, let's uh, let's let's do this. Let's learn to enjoy our life, overcome our stuff, build meaningful relationships, and let's get our life back.